Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right. We are here. Broken news. Danny, what do you think about the term broken news for a show where we're not breaking the news, we're just discussing the broken news? It's like a combination of the Broken Skull Sessions, except without <laughs> without the fortune and fame. All right. So the reason why I'm doing this and the reason why I got Danny to do this is because usually at this time I'm recording We're Live Pal with Andrew Zarian on F4W's channel, but... Andrew uh, had work stuff happen today, so we had to cancel that. And what I thought, a day. you know, I know, not 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 the greatest day to have shoot work stuff going on, but I just figured, oh, I still want to talk about this, so let's see what what Big D's doing. And Big D was available, so I appreciate you being available. And the I think there so there are two big things and, you know, I think first off, n- no one's expecting us to talk about this, but the thing that made me so sad was to see that ice train passed away. Yeah. Gosh. Yeah. That that's dude, that dude was so good for his experience in a, at a specific time in, in WCW, but then it just didn't work out for him. He's one of those guys that if you were watching, if you actually were watching WCW in the nineties, not just watch a documentary about it. If you actually lived it, he was all over the television, but mostly on Saturday night, he wasn't really around too much in the nitro era, a little bit here and there, but he wasn't a feature performer by the time that the wars actually began. But um, in the early to mid nineties, I mean, he was there. He was, well, all the way until like nine. I remember one of his last matches was around 98, 99 that I can remember. But if you want to seek out a good ice train match, I will tell you this. He wasn't, if you're looking for great work rate, he was fine, but he wasn't like, don't expect, you know, Okada, you know, don't expect that. But the best match he ever had, and I remember this vividly because I went back to watch it was, Remember how they opened a pay-per-view with Fire and Ice, Scott Norton and Ice Train against the Steiner Brothers? My favorite one. That's the best. That is the best 
tag team match of Ice Train's career, dude. What a phenomenal match. They threw each other around. It was beefy. It, it was basically like that Miro Powerhouse Hobbs match from All Out, but with four guys. It was great. <laughs> no, I, I'm with you. And and DDP is the one who uh, I think sent the news out to people. And so I'm sure we'll hear more about what happened. I know he had discussed uh, a few years ago of dealing with a, a bad case of COVID, but um, yeah, just sad to start to kick it. I just didn't want to forget at the end of this and go, Oh, I, I forgot to talk about ice train. Cause John and I, if you go on the fight game media uh, pot, our, our podcast network, we just covered all of 1996 and we were talking about how awesome he and Scott Norton were. And then they turned them against each other, which was really stupid. And then at the end, Scott got lost in the shuffle. Yeah, Scott Norton joins the NWO at the very end of that year. So it's just like, man, what could have been if you would have just uh, kept going with them? Okay, what we're really here to talk about is uh, we both woke up to the news that WWE has a new television partner for Monday Night Raw, which is Netflix, which was not even really one of the hotly debated rumors when it came to uh, where where they were possibly going to have their show. Now, the the sexiest rumor of all of them was WBD, just because that's where AEW has been. You know what it reminds me of? Whenever there's a natural disaster and you, and you go on Facebook, AEW has been marked safe on television. <laughs> that, that's the first thing that, that popped a, in my that, head. That, that, is, that is truth. Yes. Uh, and there were but there were other streamers and I know Brian Alvarez was very high on this one which was Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime made sense to an extent but I always thought if you go on Amazon Prime there's got to be an overpay of some sort and these tech companies just don't overpay for the content necessarily what they do is they look for the uh you know, the folks who are kind of struggling and they kind of pick up the pieces because they know that they have the money and the resources to clean it up. And if you look on the surface, like I think the, the number promoted for Raw or the number that came out was 500 million a year. Now they got 265 in their current deal on the USA Network. The 500 on the surface, if you go, oh, 265 to 500, that's a crazy increase, but that's not exactly all that is involved in the increase. What it what is also involved in this increase are the U.S. raw rights and a lot of international rights for uh, all of the shows. Yeah, all the shows and the pay per views and the PLEs internationally. And, and the most inter- the most interesting thing about Netflix as a company is its global reach. So we focus on the U.S. market, obviously, because that's where the money is for for this stuff. It's a U.S. product. And we look at it and we go, oh, yeah, like, you know, this is the the market and here's the money. And that's the big story. But the, the bigger part of Netflix is that their global reach is they have over 200 million subscribers all around the world. 76 ish is in North America. So think about that. There's like double the amount of subscribers outside of North America than there is in U.S. and Canada. So that is a giant uh, opportunity for WWE who sees themselves as a global company, so much so that they're doing a PLE in Australia 
that I would have to wake up at like two o'clock in the morning or something. Yeah. And they got one in France this year, one in Germany. It's, but in this world, you know, the thing is this, okay. It's interesting that Netflix is expanding their live entertainment and sports packages. The reason why I think Amazon was so, I guess, uh, talked about was because of the NFL on Amazon prime that mm-hmm. Thursday game. And so it makes sense. We're, we're living in a world now where you have, this sort of interesting, I guess, trifecta of ways to, 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 to consume content. You've got network television, over-the-air television, cable, and streaming. And the more time that goes by, that pie starts to change. Five, six, seven years ago, maybe even ten years ago, Netflix was like the only one. They were the first ones to get a jump. Very small piece of the pie. And then you had like network TV and then cable TV. Now you see it shifting to where now – we're starting to get to that era of eventually a few years down the road, streaming is going to be the top one. It might not take, it might take 10 more years, but it's going to happen. But I think we're going to see a lot of sports companies NFL's doing it. I'm sure the NBA will have something lined up where they're going to start to split stuff everywhere. It, it just kind of makes sense to kind of have your fingers in every pot, you know, but even if you take away the sports and entertainment packages, this is really nothing new if you followed the streaming wars because the streaming wars, it's not just, you know, it's not just Netflix Prime. This goes all the way back to like even when Disney Plus first started, a lot of the movies that were Disney films were on Netflix. Yep. Boom, they're on Plus. Also, Cobra Kai was a YouTube streaming show for yep. years. Then it moved to Netflix. And then if you notice, you've got like when Disney purchased Fox – all of the Fox content that was on Hulu, which is owned by Disney anyways, that got moved to Disney+. Plus. So you're going to have, I think for the foreseeable future, we're going to have situations where we're going to have brands moving all over the place. Don't be surprised if your favorite TV show jumps from three different streaming services in the next 10 years just because that's how it is. Whoever pays the most and gives them the best deal. And Netflix is giving them a hell of a money deal, but... You got to wonder, is Raw more valuable on Netflix with eyeballs than on cable? I don't know. You said 200 million. Is that even – or 200 million subscribers, right? Is that the number you said? Yeah, over in, in their global reach, it is over 200 million subscribers. Is that more than people that watch USA? Like I wouldn't even – Yeah, wouldn't so even... I, I'll give you the numbers right now. Um, so – the the I think the the attractive thing for WWE and and I here here's what is interesting I'm going to read you guys a quote in a second from uh, Ben Thompson who runs a newsletter uh, called Stratechery it's like a a tech and and business newsletter so the WWE you remember the WWE Network everybody remembers the WWE Network that network while on the surface I think most would say was maybe a bit of a disappointment because they could not get over that million dollar, uh, their, a million number subscriber, right? That that was kind of like their ceiling. But what it did was it allowed them to learn a lot about their audience because they had that data of who was watching and, and all that stuff. And that stuff is very valuable. So they took it from that level and they said, okay, now we have this information. If it would have got to 20 million subscribers, they would have never had to do anything else. That would have been printing money at that point. But they saw the ceiling. Okay, now we sell this to Peacock. And why Why was Peacock valuable? You already have a relationship with them, being that they are part of NBC Universal, but also 
they needed you because they were a burgeoning uh, service, right? They were all of a sudden now into these streaming wars, which, by the way, the streaming wars are kind of over. Like Netflix is Coke and everybody else is like Mr. Pibb. I don't know about that, man. See, I mean, you I'm not going to disagree with you because you do a show every week with Zarin about this. It just I, I'm not saying that you're quote unquote wrong. I just I don't know. Mr. Pibb. First of all, I like Mr. Pibb. Mr. But, Pibb is good. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. There has to be a you wouldn't think that prime would at least be Pepsi. So I, I think it, when you're looking at all of the metrics that drive what w- what I believe the, the wars are subscribers is one and Amazon prime is a beast of a service, right? Like that service, everybody has that service because you're buying goods. Like you're a consumer as a consumer, you kind of need to have that. It's kind of worth it too. Uh, They have the NFL, like you said, which is those Thursday night games. So they are in the game, but I think they're playing two different games. If Amazon prime was strictly a video service and they didn't have the, uh, the Amazon store and the brand and everything else that that uh, pre, uh, predates it. I see what. Then you they would be playing a different game. Yeah, Netflix like two is, companies. Netflix is in the game for one thing, right? And until a WBD just goes, you know what? Our entire strategy is max because cable is diminishing. They're just playing different games. So Netflix is. Uh, when it comes to hours spent watching, when it comes to um, you know the the amount of shows that they license from other companies, like back in the day, back in the day, HBO would say, "There's no way in hell you're ever going to see HBO content on Netflix. Why would we do that? Why would right. we kill our golden right. goose?" Well, you know what's on Netflix right now? There's a show with Dwayne the Rock Johnson. That was on Netflix for like five seasons. Ballers now, Ballers is now on Netflix. Yeah, right. And it kind of has a, you. You kind of get rebirth, and it's not to mention that Peacock, I think, has the uh, the Rock um, biopic show or whatever the the Young Rock. Right, that's on Peacock. <laughs> yeah, Rock's everywhere, bro. Rock is you everywhere. If uh, Peacock licensed that thing to Netflix, it would have a new life that it did not have on on NBC. So. When I say that they're that the streaming war is over, like there are going to be competitors and Max and Amazon Prime and uh, Paramount plus Peacock or whatever happens with Paramount. Disney Plus is the other one. These ones are gonna gonna combine. Disney Plus is a, still a different business. What drives Disney? They're well, parked. <laughs> Yeah, Disney Plus Plus is the most surprising thing because they have not been doing as well as everybody thought they would be doing. Yeah, and and that's because it's hard. It's not their main focus. It is not where they have all of the biggest brains in that company are not focused on Disney Plus. They're focused on the parks. They're focused on the movies and, and, and such. So yeah, the, you know, it's, it's just a different, the Netflix is all hands no, it makes on sense. deck for this one thing. So yeah, that, I think, so that is interesting, but here's the quote that I was going to read. And this quote makes a lot of sense to me when it comes to WWE's value to Netflix and Netflix's value to WWE. It shows you that WWE is not, they are not the NFL. They are not the NBA. They are not um, UFC as far as the 
the the wh- how people perceive them in in the ecosystem. So that if they're not like the top top company, they're going to be helpful to Netflix for what I believe is to be kind of like the beginning of their live sports company. Yeah, read this. I, that's what I'm saying. This is them showing, okay, we're we're going to play ball now. Yes, Literally, this, this is the beginning of them saying, you want NFL? We're going to have our own thing. Because let me tell you something. I don't know if you want to save this for later, but seeing the Dwayne on the board, the first thing I thought of, because I watched that clip from CNBC this morning of, of Ari and, and The Rock on CNBC, mm-hmm. is the next logical move has to be UFL, which is the XFL and the USFL's merger. That's got to be on Netflix next, right? Wouldn't that? They're already partners. Wouldn't that be a deal that The Rock would want to work out with Netflix to get some it would of the be, games it on would, there? It would be a very interesting test for sure, right? It's a small – the money – would would not really i don't think the money would be groundbreaking for those guys for for that kind of deal but where it would benefit netflix is it would give them data it would give them here's how people watch this stuff on our service is it more vod is it more live are people checking in and checking out because in order to check out you got to leave the app to go to a different app, right? That's what makes it hard with live sports and these apps is yeah. like, unless you're watching on, on the web, then you can kind of go browser to browser. But um, so y- you're right. But he- here's the quote from Ben Thompson. Perhaps the most important factor for, from Netflix's perspective, though, is that WWE is a sports partner that understands and appreciates the value in being part of a bundle. The WWE went it alone as a subscription network service previously, only to realize it missed the reach and lower costs of partnering partnering with a network like USA. Netflix is giving it an even better deal, and WWE is smart enough to not try and take more. I suspect there are other leagues that haven't yet fully internalized that reality, and Netflix isn't going to want to be the one to educate them. Okay, so here's what that means to me. Now, that I'm going to try and, you know, I could probably spend uh, several minutes on, on just breaking down that paragraph. What it says to me is WWE, the value for Netflix with WWE is WWE is willing to be the experiment for live sports and Netflix and the example to the other leagues the other who brands. Netflix wants to to do work with because what and and here's what I believe Netflix is thinking they are going to show they are going to show everybody not just WWE they're going to show everybody that their reach is so broad that there is going to be demand for WWE product in places that W that they WWE themselves may not have even thought of of going to for demand. So let's say uh, I don't know how much of the um, international content you watch on Netflix, but you do follow uh, uh, an international product in Dragon Ball. So you're very comfortable kind of going outside of the North American ecosystem. To I watch mean, I content. have to. I'm stuck. Yeah. But that, but you also were very comfortable when you were younger because that you're such a fan of that content and you had to do it to see it. So, it, Netflix, right? You know they have like uh, Love Is Blind, say, which is a reality show, their most popular reality show. They now do Love Is Blind in like a bunch of different 
languages. That makes sense. That happens to a lot of these shows. Squid Game, right? Squid Game is an international show that became uh, sort of uh, a U.S. kind of. Uh, well, we knew we knew this was going to happen. We didn't know, but we suspected it was going to happen really with the early days of the Internet, because the whole thing about the Internet was, well, we're all interconnected. If you go back and watch, it's very interesting. Go back and watch 1996's Cable Guy with uh, Jim Carrey, where he says you can play Mortal Kombat with a friend in Vietnam. That was very ahead of the time because <laughs> yeah. you literally can do that. And, yeah. I mean, look what's happening with Godzilla Minus One. The movie gets a one-week release in the U.S., destroys all Hollywood films as far as quality goes. It's been on theaters for two months now. And that, from one week to two months, people, I think, now are a lot more open to digesting international content because – the reality is international content, a lot of times, you can even ask Draven about this. He watches foreign films. They sometimes hit the mark where American movies don't. American products oftentimes are like a, a conveyor belt. Content, 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 whereas international stuff still gets passionate. You know, str- I mean, look at New Japan World. Who would have thought that New Japan would have a, an app that works in English? Even that is just thinking back to like when you and I started watching wrestling in the 80s and 90s look how far we've come yes so that is a leverage that netflix has because they have the reach they're going to use wwe as an example and go hey nba i know you're asking i know you're asking prices this but you can get that if you want to go to cable and maybe you go to amazon prime but they're not going to be able to give you X and which is that algorithm, right? That algorithm that makes hits out of things that people did not really believe were necessarily. Hits. Not just they- that, but, but also the NBA oftentimes actually NFL does it too. They play some games internationally. We've heard uh, there was that huge game they played in Spain where Michael Jordan went out there with the NBA. So if you they- mean in the Olympics, you mean, no, no, not the Olympics. Remember they had that NBA game? It was an NBA game. It was with the um, – oh, God, it was like maybe 10 years ago. But Michael Jordan went out there as an NBA ambassador, and they played a game in Spain. It was like a one game. But, like, you can have events like that, and if Netflix says, hey, um, the Lakers are really popular in, I don't know, yeah. Italy, they could run a game out there. This is all – it's all analytics, as you said. It's all data. So – WWE being that they that are not the NFL. Yeah, the, they are not the NFL because the NFL would not go, no, we don't want to be any experiment. We are the top product. We are giving you the top amount of eyeballs. You give us the top dollar. We're not taking a dollar less. WWE may have been able to find a bigger deal out there in cable. But as we know, the cable bundle is going down. And soon, I, I would probably say, even this time next year, there's going to be more Netflix subscribers in North America than there will be cable subscribers in North America. Do, so that do you, do that you thing think, is going like this right now. It, 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 it's crossing. Yeah. Do, do you think that there's a possibility that maybe Warner Brothers Discovery maybe even gave them an offer? But it just wasn't as lucrative. Not Maybe not lucrative money-wise, but wasn't as appealing as the netflix offer like because because the negotiations for sure happened 
Like, that's not even like, this is not even, this idea of, well, WWE's not talking to Warner Brothers. No, they talked. I mean, how much yeah. they talk, we don't know. Nobody knows that for the people in, the, in there. But they, that could have been a situation where they did give them an offer, and maybe Netflix's offer was just more like Ari and the board of directors looking 10 years down the road and not just like five or three, you know? Yes. I don't know. Yes, yes. Because they got to start thinking about that. But again, yeah. think about where things are going. CW is is a network, old school antenna station. USA's got SmackDown uh, starting next year. Um, that's uh, cable. And then you've got the Netflix Raw. So again, everything's kind of shifting. But WWE, like NBA and NFL, still have games in different, you know, uh, I guess viewing, whatever you want to call it. What would you call it? Different, like, like viewership options there you go that's the word sure i guess sure, yeah, uh, sure. It, look the, yeah. the old model is you sell your rights to all the cable partners across the world and what wwe is saying right here and right now is we don't want to sell to cable even internationally the future is on netflix the future of streaming is Netflix the I guess the present of streaming is Netflix and they find Netflix because they're putting all of their balls in the Netflix basket internationally and saying this is who we are riding with for this product because of that 200 plus million subscriber base outside or, or overall including the US um the the other thing that I just I, I mean, I'm fascinated by this, and I, and I hope people are listening. By the way, if you are listening, Danny is going to be with me once a month for the rest of this year. So if you like Danny and I talking, you know, hit that subscribe button and also hit the like button on this if, if you are, you know, because we got the Netflix algorithm. We got the YouTube algorithm. We got we got to figure that thing out. You no, figured it out. Good luck. Well, but I no. got to figure it out. No, You've you done think... a great job figuring I've, that I've out. I've gotten so many gray hairs trying to figure it out, bro. <laughs> so um i'm yeah, not so, even sure so the, oppenheimer himself could figure it out <laughs> the uh, you know mr beast can figure it out someone's got to ask him you know what he knows okay so you mentioned wbd here here's an interesting thing about wbd for aew i think as as i look at what makes sense right now because i know in the chat i'm seeing people talking about aew and what rights increase they're going to get who knows what the rights increase is going to look like? The the closer comparison to AEW when it comes to ratings, overall ratings, I'm not talking about pay-per-view. Obviously, NXT, you can't really measure what their pay-per-views do because they're not in actual pay-per-view universe. Right. NXT did not get that much money for their rights. I think they got like $30 million a year from the CW. $30 million a year for AEW would be a, a disappointment and a half. AEW... You know, for all of their television, I don't know what that number is, whether it's going to be a hundred million per year or whatever, they're going to need a bump. They are, I think, reliant on WBD seeing them for what they consider to be value. And I think this is also why Tony Khan was like a very good partner to WBD. Like he's just like, yeah, I, you know, I I want to work with you guys because I see the future and and let's be good partners. So he was a good soldier. But now it's really like, what could they get out of WBD? So they got three shows. 
uh, they still have they still have ROH sitting there for whatever reason. I, I still don't understand why it exists. But same, you you have uh, the opportunity to build through Max, right? So people who have HBO Max or Max, let's say, and they're doing this with the NBA right now for BR Sports, the 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 Bleacher Report branding on Max. Bleacher Report is simulcasting NBA games on Max that are already on uh, cable. So as I sort of envision what this could be for AEW, let's say that Tony signs a deal with WBD and we, and we keep the rights on TNT and on TBS and all of the pay-per-view goes on to Max, whether it is within the subscription or maybe uh, on top of the subscription. But if you can then also simulcast all of your AEW shows on Max, you don't even need cable if you're an AEW fan. You just have to get a Max subscription, which is 20 bucks or whatever it is. And then if you're just a hardcore AEW fan, you could drop it for, you could drop the cable and just go, hey, I'll, I, I, I get my AEW here. Maybe I'll get Netflix, whatever. But I think that could be a fascinating thing for AEW. And that is also putting all of your balls into the WBD basket. And we're going to, they're, they're going to deal with this cable issue that everyone's dealing with. But that, that whole thing is very interesting to me. So we have a question in the chat about um, the, the options uh, of what this deal is. So WWE signed with Netflix for a uh, 10 years. How I believe this works is Netflix has the option to get out of this deal after five years. They yep. also have the option to tack on 10 years at the end of the deal if they want to renew the deal. So if they see this deal all the way through and there's no neither side, you know, I, I don't know if WWE can opt out. Um, it's possible that they could, but we just don't know yet uh, of all the details. But we could see Monday Night Raw all the way through 2045 on Netflix. How we'll crazy old. is that? We'll be old, tired, and hopefully not working with children. <laughs> yes. So, you know, that is another piece to this uh, that is fascinating to me. Um, so I had a couple of other things that I wanted to, to quickly discuss. Well, I did want to say one quick thing about the AEW thing. I know that for a while... Dave and many others were speculating on AEW getting a big increase for the the next you know renewal, and there's there's the only thing that I would I think would get in the way of that is a couple things. One would be the fact that their viewership is not where it was in 2021. That can be worked around though because you're kind of getting a package. It's not just you know oh your views are down. There's still and there's obviously room for growth, but also there is a rumor, and this is. Not really even a rumor. It's it's one of those rumors that's like probably 90% fact that the, the Paramount World Warner Brothers and Paramount have been discussing a merger at some point. Now, I don't know if that's going to happen in the next five years, in the next one year or never, but there could be a possibility that could have a factor as far as where, what they want to spend on this thing, you know? By, by the way, people watching, if you want to ask Danny a question or add to this topic, we, we will throw your question on uh as a super chat for a 100 so okay so this is stuff that i've been doing a lot of research on as well which is the um the wbd 
deal because of you can't, you know, they just don't want companies merging and merging and merging. They had to wait in order to be able to strike a deal again. So this year, I think it's in April, they can actually do another deal. They can merge, they can buy or whatever. There is that rumor this year. So, so, so there's that rumor uh, of Paramount and WBD. The person I read from Puck News, his name is Bill Co. Uh, Bill Cohan, I think, is his name. Um, he says he believes NBC Universal and WBD makes more sense, which that's, is hilarious. To that me is hilarious. That because is because then you would have Raw and AEW owned by the same company. So that, well, that and Peacock is owned by NBC Universal, right? Peacock and and Smack SmackDown's going on USA, you know, in October. So that that would that whole thing would would be quite the interesting dynamic with having both com- companies under that one uh, umbrella. I have a question okay. about this. I'm not a mergers and acquisitions attorney, right? M and A. You're not into the M and A. No, I, well, I'm into it, but I'm not a lawyer, so I, I I don't know if I have the knowledge to answer this. But if there's a merger with two corporations and there's a deal that's already been made, would that, in other words, if that merger were to happen? Could either AEW or WWE opt out and say, well, we're going to shop our our network. We're going to shop our programming elsewhere after that merger. I'm sure that type of conversation is in the contracts that they signed. Well, who knows? You know, we don't know that. Yeah, that, that's a mergers and acquisitions. Contract. Lawyers do that. Yeah. All that nonsense. They get yeah. paid big bucks to make paperwork. Yeah. Um, all right. A couple of other things here. People think that lawyers, all they do is yell in courtrooms. No, most lawyers that I know, all they do is file over paperwork all day. That's like 90% of the work. So here's an interesting question. What kind of Netflix account do you have? Do you have an ads-free Netflix account? Do you have an ad-tier Netflix account? Me? I yeah. borrow it from my friend, so I don't okay, know. Okay, well, what does your friend have? Ads? Tier I think he's no got the, the regular the regular ad tier. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Because the Netflix is trying to push their customers to the ad tier. And you would think, well, why if it's cheaper, why would they want more people in the ad tier? They actually make more money because it's selling ads off of, of customers of course. who are on the and, ad and tier. And guess what? Live sports, WWE or otherwise, yes, wrestling is not going to get what NFL is going to get. But if you're if you're if you're Netflix, you can go to an advertiser and say, "Hey, we've got a Thursday night, or we've got a, a Tuesday night football game, or whatever." And say, "We'll we'll sell you ten ads at this rate." I mean, that's how it works on YouTube. So, for WWE, you know, I don't know if that stigma for wrestling is still there. I guess it still kind of is, maybe not as much as it was back in the day. But yeah, you could sell live ads during live episodes of Raw or live episodes of NBA or whatever they're going to end up putting on there. So the funny thing about this is Raw is a live product, right? So live sports. It's a live product that has different subscriber tiers. There's one that doesn't want any ads. And there is one who wants, who is fine with the ads because they pay less for it. So what it sounds like, and, I, and I'm uh, quoting Alex Sherman from uh, CNBC, uh, his piece he wrote earlier today, he, he wrote, Netflix announced earlier this month it had 23 million active users for its advertising tier. 
Matches will be scripted around commercial breaks to satisfy ad-free customers who will continue who will see continued action from live matches that aren't important to the outcome. And you know what that means? That means no picture in picture. No picture in picture. Uh, but the, so Excalibur the exa- won't try to cram 10, 10 sentences into yeah. one one second. The the uh the funny thing is that the example he used is such as a uh, wrestler in a sustained headlock would be the opportunity to cut away for the ad tier and stay. Randy Orton will be real happy exactly, about that. Exactly, that's exactly. Randy Orton will be real happy about that, man. It's like uh, you, you could sell ads based on the wrestler, right? You're like, oh. You know, you you want to sell this ads during a Roman Reigns match? Well, the the you know here's the price. You want to sell it during you know the Miz match? Here's the price. I just find that funny. I think they're gonna be. I think they'll do it. I mean, I mean, our boy Phil Brooks might end up getting an even fatter wallet from this deal <laughs> at some point, bro. My the guess, cut of that the cut of that's got to go to the wrestler, right? You would assume, right? A cut no. of that's gonna go to the wrestler. No, no really, no way. So, so I mean, it me could it could help the merch. Percentage is gonna go to Roman or Rock or whoever's on TV. No, it's a, it's just going to go to the company. They're going to they're going to be able to sell it as inventory. But okay, so but here's the m- more important thing, which is it could help the merch sales, right? If you have WWE f- fanatics, uh let let's say uh if if you were to do a built-in ad break for your ad tier, but to the home to to the non-ad tier, it's Phil talking about his brand new shirt that came out and that you can go right now on WWE Fanatics. That would be a way to sort of gracefully work in certain things. Because, look, they are, they just want to make money on top of money. They want to create more revenue streams. They want to create more opportunities. Uh, Andrew Zarian was telling me about injectables. Have you heard about this? Uh, have you heard about this? In wrestling, I know what injectables are, bro. <laughs> I, that's what we're talking about. So he was basically saying for these connected TVs, right? Uh, if you you would basically throw an ad up, and if you had somehow oh I have that on my TV and it has a button where you can click it you can push the right. button to go to yeah I have that on and my it'll TV go, and it'll allow you to purchase the, man and they I, have us we, by the balls don't they look Big man brothers at, got us by the balls as we get more into this with the connectedness and the streaming that's going to be more of a of a thing than than it currently is because just the technology will get better look dude. Apple just dropped their Vision Pro. Like, if you're WWE, you're like... I've got the Chinese bootleg version of that over here. I'll show it to you if you want. For real, I have a Chinese version, bootleg version. But, like, if you're WWE, you're like, oh, if people are watching our show through this thing, through this expensive headset, maybe they want, like, a specific piece of merchandise that you could only get through the Vision Pro. So just there's so many opportunities that uh that that are out there okay Soon we'll your... have that smell of vision finally bro we can smell the the skank of you know nia jacks dropping a leg on your face i don't know no no i'm out. I'm out on that one the scratch yeah. and sniff yeah um all right what about raw moving a day do you I, think they stay on monday didn't they say it's gonna still be on monday well i think the uh, the plan is monday but uh sweet nikki khan you know he's like it could always move Maybe there's a cost to it, but if you're Netflix, do you want to go up against the NFL for, you know, I mean, you're right. I mean, you're right. Cause now they would actually have the option too. you know, it's, it's it is going to be weird though, man. Like 
it was already weird in 2000 to not have Raw, and if you go back even further, primetime, to not have WWF on Monday nights. That's just weird to me because that's the one thing that makes Mondays bearable most of my life is the fact that I have Raw to look forward to, except for those horrible mid-2010 years, but when everything was unwatchable. But, um, but seeing Raw on like a Wednesday – are oh, they going to bring back Thursday Raw Thursday and just just just, <laughs> just call it? That? <laughs> well, okay, know. so so let's say, and you know it it'll probably be on Monday, but what? But if you are a streaming product, why wouldn't you? Netflix is going to have the data, right? Netflix will know. They'll know yeah. what what their what their what the perfect day is to go up. To, to show and they'll shit. they'll know when people are checking out if they're checking out the game or if there's a touchdown they'll know. Yes, so I think that's fascinating because you could theoretically have Tuesday SmackDown, Wednesday Raw, Thursday NXT, and then all of a sudden AEW's got to find a new night because you know they're not going to want to go head to head against Raw. Well, you know, yeah, Tony say isn't he, Tony said years ago AEW is not going to do Monday night because they'd be competing with the NFL and they have a team, so that'd, that'd be dumb. But uh, are you saying that? But are you saying that if Raw goes to Wednesdays, they, they would actually compete with a? Oh, that's going to be a tough. That's going to be a tough night. Well, the I'm Wednesday just saying, night wars I, for real this time. Well, what I'm saying is, is that Netflix could push the show to the day that they think best, and. If you're AEW, you probably don't want to compete every week with WWE. Maybe they're less concerned about competing with NXT. They could go heads up against NXT again, and, and their audience will probably not be that. Uh, you know, they, they won't be that. Yeah, they won't put Taker and, and Cena on every NXT. Every uh, week. Or they could. Or they could, right? They, they they could always do that. So I don't know, man. That, that's, a fa- that's a fascinating. That's a fascinating piece of this. Here's another fascinating piece of this. October 2024 is when NXT moves to CW, right. SmackDown moves to USA. By launching this in January, they've created another restart, right? So you're going to have this souped-up SmackDown the show. The season they premiere. USA, and I've already told Dave that is when they should do the Cody Roman uh, title change. I don't know if they're going to do that. That's a long time away, but that's that would be the hook from now. That's that would be a, that would be a hook to get the title on Cody if it's like Rock and Roman at WrestleMania, right? And, and yeah, what on, you're talking about is putting something major on that first week. They have to. Yeah, they have they to have put to. the biggest show possible. They have to. I mean, let's not forget the first SmackDown. I was looking at the ratings the other day because I have forgotten what they were. The first SmackDown on Fox. Did like four million or something. It was like yeah, 4. they had Rock nine million. Rock and, and Becky. Becky Lynch in the first segment. Yeah, and then they had the Brock Lesnar Kofi Kingston seven second squash that I still didn't like. That was School. actually kind of stupid though. You know why? Because it was horrible. Longer matches will build, and shorter matches don't usually mean anything for ratings. But okay, so then I have a scoop about that, by the way, which I can tell you off air. You know, I can okay. tell you here. We'll do it off air. We'll do it off air. So, but the other thing is, is that starting in January when Rock when uh, raw moves to netflix there's your day one right you you ha- so you you peak in october for that smackdown rating and then you don't have to to do raw the same week which would kind of like lessen the importance and then you go in in january with whatever that first uh netflix raw is going to be so i think it's just so smart that they did it that way and it'll uh, okay. be the the official road to wrestlemania uh beginning on that show they're going to hype that up too 
Okay, last thing before we move to the Rocks piece of this, which is, do you think this helps AEW's uh, prospects in their TV deal negotiations? The fact that WWE just got $500 Absolutely. Million. You do. How could it not? How could it not? I think it helps them because now they don't have to worry about like what what what's what's Warner Brothers going to do? Trade AEW for TNA? It's not happening. They had the number two AEW brand, right? They have three mm-hmm. shows. In like I said, I think the only thing that could stop them is people from Warner Brothers might say, "Well, your numbers aren't what they used to be, but you're also producing more television." And like you said, it's a bundle pack. It's not just dynamite. It's yeah. five hours every week. I think unless the merger thing ends up being a, a, a problem, I think they they would get more. But how much more? I couldn't even tell you. That's a question for Zarian, bro. I, that I couldn't even tell you that. So my thought is they need more. A- AEW's deal is far more reliant on what happens with the NBA than anything that happened with WWE just recently. That's another because, factor. Because if the NBA, I, I'm going to assume that they re-up with uh, the NBA, even if they get less games, because it's just been uh, such a big deal. And I think the NBA has been on TNT since like when, since the eighties, right? In bits and pieces, probably on Turner since the 80s, because there was an yeah. Atlanta Hawks thing. But on TNT, probably since like the, the 90s, at least the late 90s-ish time frame. Right. So if they lose the NBA, I think AEW becomes a little bit more valuable to them. And then they have more money. But if they sign the NBA, are they going to have enough money to give Tony what he wants? Or are they going to play the, hey, we just gave out this billion X number of dollars for the NBA, we have to offer you less. And then does Tony say yes, or does he go find another deal elsewhere? Like that's the whole piece of it. But where's he going to go? a little go? bit of a reaction. Where's, where's AEW going to go? That, like, that is WBD's leverage. Is it not? I know. That's what I'm saying that they, they, every WWE is such a, towering you know somebody made a a very very intelligent post on twitter the other day believe it or not somebody says something intelligent on twitter and they compared eric bischoff versus vince to tony khan versus wwe now and they talked to one of the big points they brought up which is so right is that when bischoff was going against wwe raw wf raw in 95 96 raw was running high school gyms and small arenas and they weren't <laughs> doing what they're doing now Tony Khan has to contend with an absolute juggernaut now compared to what it was in the mid 90s. And that's crazy because, you know, we've talked about this, how the numbers back then were so nuts, how raw and Nitro combined would do 10 million people. But Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter. The WWE TKO Endeavor, like, you know, conglomerate is not what Bischoff was beating in 96. It's not. And so that's why, like, AEW really... Bischoff's mm-hmm. company being a part of Time Warner back then was way bigger than Vince's WWF. And it, I think it was bigger than even AEW on TNT now because, like you said, the NBA and everything. So, And, and of course, the big thing back then was Ted never wanted to give up wrestling. It wasn't until the mergers happened that he lost power. So, cause Ted had a soft spot for wrestling cause it carried him in the eighties and even before then. So, but I feel like, and that's a very smart thing. He said like AEW is not going up against what Bischoff beat. It's not the same. It's not apples and oranges as much no, as so many. 
or it's not apples and apples. So many fans want to like romanticize the, the, the Monday night wars. You and I were blessed enough to live through it. Uh, they want to live through something like that. You're going to have moments like that Tuesday night NXT AEW thing that felt like that once or twice a year, but it's just not going to be the same thing. Uh, so yeah, I think, I think you're right. I think the NBA NBA is bigger than WWE. I, I know some by, wrestling fans by, by not six, not just seven that. eight x like it's it's they're not I don't even think, in the same atmosphere. I also don't think people understand how popular the sport of basketball basketball not just NBA is worldwide. Even though the NFL is bigger in the United States is the biggest sport, basketball internationally with FIBA and it, it is bigger. So it's just interesting to look at like perspective, you know. So the um yeah, but so back to this AEW thing. Actually, you know what? You, you made me think about something with this Bischoff conversation. Bischoff, you know why I think Bischoff is so jealous of uh, of Tony? I don't think he's jealous, man. I, I think, think he's, he's I think he's extremely jealous of Tony. And, I, and I'm gonna tell you why. He, Eric Bischoff, because you were just talking about this competition with WWE, right? Eric Bischoff saw this as like he that if I don't figure this out, like my career is over. Like you mean I, back in ninety five ish, back 94? in ninety five, ninety six. Like this is my opportunity to make my career and to be a businessman and to be uh, a leader in this space. And you know whether or not he had dreams of becoming a, a higher up executive at Time Warner or not. And he looks at Tony Khan and he goes, "Well." All Tony Khan is doing is he is running the playbook that we all actually created, which is paying, getting the, the TV companies to pay for content and which Vince, you know, really, he, Vince really drove that to where it is today. Right. So Tony Khan comes in this space in 2019. That is after WWE just got that, the last uh, SmackDown and Raw deal. Yeah. The Fox deal. And Tony Khan looked at that and was like, oh, there is actually real money in this thing. Yeah, the right. all in. It was the combination of all in and that. Yeah. So, uh, I think it was mo- it was probably more the 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 numbers that Jericho and Omega moved internationally that made him think that. I mean, in the it was, US, it was the I first mean. main event for their pay per view. Yeah, it made sense. But for for that for the re- but is for Wrestle Kingdom because he saw that this no no product, right 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 but I'm saying he went with Japan, that as the, the rematch actually drew in 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 the u.s and so he yes, thought okay I, i've explained money. to people that jericho and omega had a whole new set of eyeballs for new japan so he looks at that and goes well tony khan is just running this playbook and tony khan can fail at this and he's fine that's true that that that's true he, he he's never that's what i tell people this this i see a lot of people say a lot of dumb things and you know me i've been very critical of tony khan's behavior but he's not going broke anytime soon this guy could literally run AEW at a loss for 10 more years and be okay he'll be longer fine. so he, we're longer i know that it, but, he could run it forever at a loss but dude dude that's what i try to explain to people though like this is not a situation where because they think like when when punk jumped over Oh, AEW's dead, bro. Okay, AEW might be in a in a worse condition now than it was in a year ago. You know, attendance wise, TV ratings wise, all that's true. No one's denying that. But as far as the company closing, 
that's going to only depend on how much money the cons have. And they have a lot of money. So they have the, a lot more money than Bischoff ever had. What really, or any of the regional guys had. What really is the factor in AEW dying is Tony Khan just deciding that he doesn't want to do it. Anymore. Yes. And I said that to a buddy of mine this past week. And I said, if another CM Punk situation happens, there could be a day where Tony Khan, maybe when he's older, just sits back and throws up his hands and goes, I'm out. That could happen. And, and, and don't ever say it can't because no matter how much you love something, some when you get involved in it, man, and bad things happen to you, I mean, it, it can eventually, when you look at how much money you have, you're like, you know what? I don't need this stress. I'm out. I can't even blame him for doing that because the wrestling business is the wrestling business. Okay, let's close out with this topic, which is The, the Rock. Rock. Yeah. So The Rock is now on the board of directors at TKO. He is being paid uh, $30 million over a few different cycles uh, for his role. He now owns his name again. He licenses his name. Poor Don Morocco. <laughs> he, he now licenses that name to WWE. He goes from making, I think they said he made uh, less than $500,000 last year in the, the license that WWE uh, owes him for in royalties. So he goes from 500000 to $30 million <laughs> based off of these stock offerings. And, uh, and now, you know, when he made that, he made that line to, to Roman on, uh, on Raw a few weeks ago about the head of the table, we didn't know he was talking about Roman and Triple H because he's now no, Triple H's boss. That's the funniest well, not, thing. Not really his boss, but because remember he's a higher how, ranked. Remember earlier that day there was that talk of well, uh, Dwayne and Nick Khan were hanging out at at the at that college football game yeah. and oh yeah. now I'm starting to wonder if part of that conversation if that the majority of it was the rock being groomed to come on as 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 and yes when I by the way folks when I use the word groom I'm not talking about sexually grooming okay so chill yeah. out we're talking about groomed as far as like getting you know his pussy pampered to be a little more not literally okay it's figuratively to to come on board but also if I think about this from what I've learned about business I run a small business the Rock had to have been talking to Ari and that group, Mark Shapiro, for a while before the Nick Khan thing, right? Like the Nick Khan was probably a nice lunch and let's meet up. But the conversations on the phone had to have been going on for weeks. So Rock has been friends with Nick Khan for a long time. Have you heard their stories of when they were in Hawaii together? And Rock is also really good friends with Nick's sister, Really heard good any friends of with Nick's sister, bro. Like, like that, from when that, they were like teenagers back in the day. No, I didn't know that they were friends with his. I know that they were that they were homies. I knew that, but I didn't know that he was friends with his sister. I didn't know any of that stuff. Um, oh, <laughs> there's, there's a story. He didn't show her the people strudel, did he? No, I don't think so. That mm. there's a story out there that um, now this is this is really funny. So Nick Khan. I believe was Tim Tebow's agent. You remember Tim Tebow, the college of football player? Of course, I'm in Florida. That was our guy. <laughs> so supposedly there were talks, and I don't know exactly this time frame, Tim but supposedly Tebow. there were talks of Tim Tebow facing the big show at WrestleMania. For some reason, that sounds familiar. The big okay. show always gets fed to these like non to the wrestling yeah. outsider guys. Yeah, Akibono, Floyd Mayweather. 
that you they should have changed his well name Cormier in there bro they should have changed his name from the big show to the insider because he's facing all the outsiders but remember when they the when, when the the rumor was that he was going to be called big titan when he was came over from wcw back in the day they that remember was there was the also rumors. the big nasty the big yeah. na- i remember the observer and and, and the torch said it was going to be the big nasty <laughs> the big show <laughs> of all the names uh okay so there, so at that time, I guess Triple H was handling the negotiation with Nick Khan, and Nick Khan said something to the effect of, "Oh, I remember you from WCW, Terra Ryzen." Now he's just he's he's jerking his ass. Bro. Well, but I, I think Nick Khan, because of his association with The Rock, probably a little bit bigger of a wrestling fan. But he may have been like, I think he was messing with him, well, bro, or, or pulling rank a little bit, right? Like. A little bit like oh. I think if somebody comes up to you and goes, I remember the ball so hard podcast, like you know, it, it's you know, or somebody brings up super friends to me, which there's a very small number of people that remember those days. The only one who brings up the ball so hard podcast is uh, Draven, he's the only one, yeah, because um, we so, pop at that name. So, uh, so that 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 makes me laugh, but basically, my, I'm saying that. The Rock and Nick Khan have been friends, and Rock has been on the Endeavor side for a long time. So that's Ari Manuel. And so I think the, um, you know, and, and, and Meltzer and I said this, gosh, la- last year, maybe even two years ago, in that when, when, you know, when the sale talking about, oh, who's going to buy WWE? Who's going to buy WWE? We said whoever buys WWE should work with Dwayne because if you could have Dwayne, as the face of your company. He's a brand ambassador now for he, real. And and now he kind of is in that role, right? Like if you are pitching WWE or if you are utilizing all of the marketing power of WWE, you don't send Vince, you send Dwayne. And Dwayne and Vince are still tight. So they, they I'm sure Dwayne knows all of the points. But now if the rock is the guy who's in all of these media things and who's the, the ambassador for like, it's just like, it's just silly for it not to be working that way. So I find that part of it extremely fascinating. Okay. So he gets and his like, name and back. Like, and like I said, I do think at some point it's going to, he's going to negotiate for, for the UF. I just feel like that's, it just makes sense. I'm he sure. I'm sure he is working that right now. Okay. Has to. Here's the other part of this and then we can go after this i love the parts of the of dave's writing because dave wrote i don't know if you saw this but dave wrote an article on this whole thing the observer doesn't come out till friday so this is like a preview of what's going to be in the observer on friday that he posted behind the paywall to the website today so that was actually cool because i know that we you know we've been talking about doing that forever but Dave That's finally he finally did it uh, today. So I and you'll have I, to add to it with all the phone calls coming up, with all with more information coming up this week. So yeah, exactly. It, it, it'll be a living article essentially until it's published on Friday. So basically, there's a there's a there's a small paragraph in this thing that talks about the Rock and Roman Reigns match. Now it's still undecided. Dave believes that the Rock wants it to happen at WrestleMania. Dave sent me sort of a cryptic message yesterday, which essentially said, there's some stuff happening with The Rock. I cannot say anything. 
it, but there's stuff moving and he trusts me enough to not then go on Twitter and say, Oh, something's happening with the rock. Keep, keep your eyeballs. You know, he, he trusts me not to do that. So right. when that news came out today about the rock being the TKO guy and everything, there's a small paragraph in Dave's piece, which basically says they are talking to Saudi Arabia. And the reason why they're talking to Saudi Arabia about rock versus Roman and this is the now this is me speculating. I just understand what is going on in, in other sports over there. Anthony Joshua and Francis Ngannou are about to have a fight in Saudi Arabia. I'm excited for, like, for that one. For crazy money, right? They're not yeah. going to sell any pay-per-views, but it is going to be hosted in Saudi Arabia and it, it just becomes like the event, you know, it's this whole I mean, the Saudis uh, have literally endless amounts of money. Yeah, it's the whole sports washing thing, which is what it is, right? So Vince, I believe, I now I am adding to the context uh, of what they are, what, what has been stated now that Dave did write about it. I believe that Vince wants to sell The Rock against Roman as one of those Joshua and Ngannou kind of fights. So WWE already has a deal with Saudi Arabia. They We already know they get two shows, Dude, this... X number of, of dollars. But Vince sees this as the prize fight of all prize fights and wants to get even more money from Saudi Arabia. So that would be a reason, if it doesn't happen at WrestleMania, that would be a reason that uh, that you would hold it off for... Uh, another time so i am continuously that, being told that cody and roman is still the plan i know you and i have talked about it in the dms and you seem to believe it's rock I, i'm not even saying you're wrong and they're right but the dude i'm talking to is so confident they haven't changed the cody plan and that rock will be involved at wrestlemania probably to screw roman over by stopping solo's interference and then they could do and then i asked is it rock roman and saudi he says i don't know well that would just make sense yeah so that that is the piece of Dave's whole story that I imagine people are glossing over and not even aggregating. But what I think was the, uh, the maybe even the most important thing that Dave wrote outside of uh, the Netflix thing. So, well, that, that is something to keep an eye on. Cor correct me if I'm wrong, but I seem to remember reading that recently. Didn't Vince negotiate for a UFC show in Saudi? He he was the guy negotiating that. He so, was the lead. He, he's got the relationship, but he, yeah, but guess who pushed back on it? Ari? No, the Saudi, Saudi Arabia pushed back on it because they basically said, we need a better card than than what they're offering. Oh well, but the, okay. But here's the thing that's funny about that: if you do your homework on WME IMG, which is Endeavor, there was a when when that whole controversy happened in 2019 with that reporter in Saudi, Ari contacted then President Trump about it. Like there was a lot of, and I don't know the details of this. Please don't do your own research, but. From what I understand, Ari Emanuel does not really like the goings-on in that country, but I guess when Vinny steps up and there's money involved, you know what I mean? Like, But you know what I yeah, mean? He had, like, he, had to, he had to step back on that one because um, it just makes too much business sense for them to be involved if, you're, if you are buying WWE, right? You have to kind of be okay with that. That's part of the price of doing business with WWE is like, oh – this we have to do business in this way now and you know i do have a an interesting thought experiment for you i think you'll like okay. this okay. this will be fun you could be, you could even ask dave this if you want if we're in a world where vince 
does not get caught in that scandal in 2022. The big scandal with the paying off the women and all that stuff, you know, the one. And then if you remember, because people forget this detail, Rock and Cena kind of stopped, kind of stepped away a little bit from WWE because there was a lot of rumors about Cena coming back. And they were like, whoa, hold on. This is too spicy. If that never happens, does Vince not only stay on board, but would he still have been the guy doing all this being the spokesperson, do you think? Or do you think just his age? I mean, I feel like eventually in the next five years, he would have eventually stepped down. But do you think... Do you think Rock even becomes a board member if Vince didn't get caught up in that drama from 2022? Um, I, 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 you're right. It's a great question for Dave, and you should send me an email so that I can ask him on Friday. Well, I'll I'll DM it to you. Fantastic question. Yeah, it's a fantastic. No, send it an email because that's how I'll that's how I'll be able to make sure to remember. Yeah, that's right. how I remember. Like it's it's, like, right. man, it's the mailbag. Uh, if anyone wants to send me an email, by the way, gg at fightgamemedia.com. Um, but a, a couple of things I think are very interesting is if if that stuff doesn't come out because we knew that that stuff was there, but he just had NDAs signed. There was the um, Rita. Uh, oh boy, NDAs. Right, right, and there was the referee. Remember uh, who? What was her name? Rita. Was it Rita? Oh yeah, the referee from the eighties. Oh, yeah, back in like yeah, she was at Russ. She was at like she was on one of those Saturday Night's main events, and then we never saw her again. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. She came forward. What was it like two years ago to basically say that he raped her, right? Yes, and then yeah. I think he settled with her. Yeah, uh, I don't because yeah, we haven't NDA. heard about that since. So, so that whole thing is such a part of Vince's story going back to the eighties, which is. You know, all of these things can happen, but we just pay them off and we have them sign NDAs and and we're fine. But you're talking about the mom and pop version of WWE that's and then once you become a public company and once you become as big as they got, like their success makes that information come out and makes people cover that a little bit more closely, like a real company. So, yeah, I'm sure that that is definitely part of it. And. I think we're all for the better, right? That this no, dude is out of control. I mean, for sure. It, it, I'm, I think we are all for the, for the better. Plus, I'll be honest with you, man. You know, this is going to – I don't really talk – I don't really – we're not here to talk about this type of stuff, but these, like, sex pests, like, that have been doing this type of stuff for years, like, they need to go down. The first time I had ever – I know what an NDA is. I'm not stupid. But the first time I had ever heard of an NDA being used – to protect a sexual, uh, I guess, you know, a uh, controversy is when I saw that R. Kelly documentary on Netflix, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. huge 20 part one where he had that one lady. What blows my mind is that it's a woman. These lawyers, some of them have no heart. It's a woman who could be herself one day could have been caught up with something like this, who's sitting there like, well, we have all, all these NDA signed. And it just, it, it was so disgusting that these wealthy guys can get lawyers to write up NDAs to protect them from doing actual prison time and crimes. We've heard about this happening all the time for, for centuries. The rich always get away with stuff. Mm-hmm. So ultimately, as much as like I don't hate Vince McMahon personally, but it's good that sometimes an NDA is not enough and it shouldn't be, I, 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 especially with that R. Kelly documentary, because it just feels like it's just it's ridiculous. It's, okay. it's just and and you want to go further down that rabbit hole? It's up Ooh. to you, man. No, no, no. We don't. We don't have to. But I'm just saying, if you wanted to, 
Who leaked all of that stuff to the Wall Street Journal? Do we know? No, we don't know. Because that's what ignited the whole thing, right? It had to have been one of the victims or somebody who knew one of the victims. Didn't one of the reports say it was somebody who, who was friends with one of the victims that heard it? That was, I think that was one of the sources of information for sure. Yeah. Anyways, we, that's going to be, that's we'll going to be in, in that never Vince Mc, there is a Vince McMahon documentary coming to Netflix. But is you, it, but, you know this, right? Okay. But now that WWE is involved with Netflix, are they going to make some changes here and there? W, and WWE is involved in this documentary from the beginning. You know, who else is involved in this documentary? Bill Simmons is involved in this documentary. His Man. company. And you know who else got interviewed boy. for this documentary? Dave Meltzer. Well, he's, he, he's been to two different like long recordings on this documentary because they had to change some of it when the company got sold. So kind of the narrative changed a little bit. So he he just went back like two weeks ago to do more interviews. For See, so I that didn't is know coming that. Out. Yeah. I, I thought the one that Dave was talking about was Dark Side of the Ring. When they did their Vince. No, thing. that one sucked. Yeah, that, that one, one was just that was like was a worst clip show. documentary of the year. Yeah, it was a clip show. It was yeah, stuff it, that they had already shown before. Yeah, I thought that was the one. Yeah. No, it's worse. But uh anyway, no, because there were actually two things in play. There was this Vince documentary, and then there was a, a docudrama, sort of like the people against OJ. Did you ever see that one from back in the day? No. Uh the, there's a new isn't there there's a isn't there a new one that, that came out a couple years ago on um on uh was it i think it was on peacock wasn't it like a 10 part or maybe it's a tv show i don't remember i know that i did a deep dive on oj two years ago and i watched all 22 episodes of the court tv dude it was 22 hours of the court tv (laughs) coverage and i watched it all i was hooked so so this People against OJ is, is actually really good. I think it was on FX or something, but it was maybe, like, yeah, maybe I was thinking of the one where Cuba Gooding Jr. is in one of them, right? He's, that, he's OJ in that. Yeah, he's thing. that's the one. Okay, that's that's and, a, and, a biopic. No, no, no. It is a docudrama television docudrama. show. Right. It's a right. television show. It's like a multi-episode yes, television. That show. I did hear about. You know who else is in that? Did you ever watch actors. did you ever watch This Is Us? Don't think so. So Mandy Moore. Uh, I know trip. Mandy Moore. Like that was like the that was like a pretty giant TV show for him. Remember when Mandy Moore was going to UFC shows? Remember those days? I remember Mandy Moore when she was a singer. That's how far I go back. Me Moore. too. That was TRL era. And uh, so anyway, so Sterling K. Brown, who is in a movie that everybody should see right now called American Fiction. It's it's the best movie that I've seen in the theaters in quite a while. Well, there's uh, he, a reason for that. American Fiction? No, there's a reason why it's the best movie you've seen. Yeah, because I haven't. Because according to you, I haven't seen Godzilla yet in the theaters. But uh, yeah, it's it's just I haven't been able to do it. But anyway, we went off tangent. The no. Okada that there, there's an Okada story that uh, it sounds like has been um, there was a rumor that he was going to join WWE and be part of the NXT brand. It sounds like that rumor has been deflated. I've seen Sean Ross Sapp deflated. I've seen Dave deflated. So I think if you were asked, someone who was asking about Okada in the chat earlier that yeah somebody did ask yeah i don't think we're gonna have an answer for that until it's actually a done deal yeah and he can't show up anyway until after february so it's not like he could even show up in the royal rumble man wrestle kingdom is done yeah so that's a different that's a different topic for another day but yeah i'm I'm a little bummed about that okay so first thank you to danny for doing this he you know he I, I just threw it on him literally two hours ago. So he created the space in his day to do it. I really appreciate it. I needed 
to get this stuff off my chest because I didn't have Andrew to talk about this with. So Danny was there. We were able to do a little bit of breaking news or broken news on the YouTube channel and on the podcast feed. So, uh, yeah, D uh, and I will be back next week or I'm sorry, next month, probably after the um, the uh, Elimination Chamber show, probably. We'll, we'll both be, we'll both watch it a little bit on a delay because I I can't watch that thing live. But I think I think oh I think, I'm waking up for that one, bro. I think the plan is that uh, we'll we'll try and record something sometime after that show. So the next time you see Danny on this channel will be uh, Elimination Chamber. All right, thank you to everyone for checking us out. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for liking. For Big D, I am Double G. We will see you when we see you. Peace out. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com podcast. Easier said. Done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.